Welcome to Nomad Yarners, the Yarn Truck Podcast. We're Erica and Dave, a husband and wife mobile yarn shop owners, bringing you tales from the road, adventures in fiber arts with a little bit of the rest of life thrown in. This is episode 87, recorded the week of August 13th, 2019. Today's segments include what you're working on, crochet along, colorful puddles, and where's nomads. Sit back, get comfy, and enjoy the show. So, Erica, what have you been working on this week? This week, I feel like I am back to working on lots of things. I felt like last week I didn't have anything to talk about, and then when I was trying to put together all of the pictures to send out, I realized I had been doing a lot of things that I forgot about that I could have talked about. Um, So I'll talk about all of them this week instead. Um, I have been, I started a new weaving project. Um, I cut the warp threads for this age, like two weeks ago. Um, and I finally got around to starting to warp the loom last night was one of those things that I was putting off. Um, I was excited about, but I was a little bit scared I was going to screw it up. Um, and so I just, last night I just went for it. Um, I find for myself that if I try to get too much information about how to do something, I fall down the rabbit hole and it starts to feel very daunting because there's so many things, like there's so many terms that you can learn and so many like resources you can use and so many different pieces of equipment you can do. And I'm like, I, I, I can't, I'm never going to know all of that. I just can't get started. Um, so I often find it more my style to just jump in and, and mess it up and then realize, Oh, I could have done it this way instead and maybe been easier. And then I know it for next time versus if I, if I read about and learn about a thing forever, I just never actually do the thing. Um, so the first, uh, the, the most recent weaving project that I completed was the first weaving project I'd done in a really long time. Um, and I did what was called direct warping, which is you leave the ball of warping yarn or the cone of warping yarn. Um, you leave the yarn connected to the ball, you pull it through the heddle, um, and you, you put it on a warping peg that is set however far away from your loom that you want your piece to be long um, and you leave the yarn connected and you pull it all the way through you are directly warping from the ball into the loom versus this time I am doing what's called indirect warping where I'm actually I cut all of the warping threads the same length as each other and then after the fact that I did that I am pulling them through the heddle and warping the loom with all of the warp threads cut already. I prefer this one because it means I can go to the bathroom. And that is exactly why I did it. Because when I did the direct <laughs> or when I did direct warping, it was our in, the only place in our house that I had the space to do it and the tables and all the stuff was in our dining room, which is smack dab in the middle of our house. And it was impractical to have 200 and some strands of yarn stretched 15 feet across our dining room um, that blocked every entrance to our house for hours and hours and hours while I finished this process. So that's why I picked indirect warping this time. (laughs) Um, I cut the warp threads across several days um, and I'm... I owned a warping board. I didn't ever use it because I wasn't doing any weaving. And so I gave the warping board away or sold it when we were selling all the things out of the shop or whatever. And so I don't have a warping board. Um, I actually just wrapped it around the door. Um, we have tall doors in our yeah, house. They're so like seven feet doors, seven feet, seven foot tall doors. Yeah, you get um, about 15 foot warp when you run it all the way around, right? Yeah. Um, so I seem to really like 
warping once a very, very long um, warp and then deciding what to do with that very, very long piece of fabric once everything is all said and done, um, which is fine. That's I'm doing it for the practice rather than because I really want the final product. Um, I'm just enjoying doing it. Um, so I cut the warp over several days. I was tie I was braiding it, which is what they call that. You're actually doing a crochet chain um, to like keep it all organized. So I was I was wrapping as much as I could in the the 20 minute increment that I had to do that section um, for a, a, over a couple of days, and then uh, crochet chaining them together so that they stayed all organized. And I just had a bunch of those bundles, um, and so I sat down last night and and threaded all of those through and started winding them on. Um, and I will be starting that weaving project uh, maybe tonight, or I may do it after we get back from vacation. Um, it's a pretty warp. Do you want to tell them a little bit about the warp that you chose? I would love to if I had any information at all about the yarn. That <laughs> um, it was a mystery skein of yarn that I have long since lost the uh, ball band to. My mom bought it for me when she was on vacation. It's like a boucle, so it's kind of got a little like nubbliness to it. Um, which I think will help me from getting it too tightly packed. So what I what I have worried about in the past with weaving is I tend to like really make a densely woven piece where the weft threads, the one that goes back and forth, as opposed to the warp threads, which are the ones that go the long ways down the project, I tend to like pack the weft threads too close together. So I create a really dense fabric and I don't really know how to not do that. I think it's just practice. Um, and so I think with a little bit of nubbly texture on the warp, it will keep my weft threads from like getting packed down so far. Is it a true boucle or does it just have a little bit of a wave to it? Um, it's kind of... I think it's a true boucle. Okay. Um, it's it's a little bit less aggressively boucle and it's a, it's kind of a thin yarn. And it's um, kind it's of... probably a fingering to sport weight yarn, so it's not a super thick one. And it's a variegated like magenta to kind of navy. Yep, purpley, kind of bluesy, tealsy colors. My my kind of colors that I like. And I suspect it's got a bunch of like viscose or tensile or something. I, yeah, I think really it's mostly iridescent. A, I think it's mostly a viscosey. I think it's a plant based ish kind of. There's no wool in there. Um, I'm sure about that. It's pretty. It is, um, and I plan to do the weft as a light blue cotton um, that I have several, um, several, several balls of, and make that um, that woven project when I get around to finishing up the the warping. Is that the light blue cotton that you made the sweater of out of in the UK? No, a oh, different light blue. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Um, so that is my weaving project. Uh, spinning wise, I, I think I'm at getting to the end of my spinning kick. Um, I'm not going to take my spinning wheel with us when we go on vacation for a week and a few days. Um, so I, I think I'll probably break my streak and give spinning a little bit of a rest, but I've been really enjoying spinning. I finished... So I've done three and a half spinning projects since the Tour de Fleece started. I did my one main project, my 12 ounces of new to me sheep breeds for the tour. I finished that like four days in. Um, I then spun up some local fiber from uh, that was like a blue green uh, mix kitchen sink blend with just all kinds of fiber uh, types in it that I applied with a commercial yarn and then I ran out of that commercial yarn and applied it with like four other commercial yarns um so I have a bunch of that kind of similar and yet not all identical uh skeins and then I spun a clown barf yarn that was like blue and yellow and red and green um all different colors and I applied that 
with a commercial, um, like a bluey greeny alpaca yarn. Um, and then I had it just a little bit of the commercial yarn left over. Um, and so I applied that with itself. So I have two skeins, one really big skein. Um, and all of these, this, the, the last two that I described, I had like a, a four ounce braid. So it was the four ounce braid that I spun and then like a hundred gram skein of commercial yarn that I was applying it together with. Um, and now I'm starting my, uh, my next prod spinning project where I am, I had started spinning a cashmere and silk fiber blend. It's a really, really lovely blend. Um, the package still had the price on it. It was a $40 four ounce bag of this uh, fiber. So it's a very luxury fiber. It has a beautiful sheen. It's really, really lovely. I had started spinning it on a drop spindle a long time ago where I don't remember how long ago it was. I don't remember spinning this, uh, spinning this yarn, but it was definitely my, my spinning. Um, I'm not going to finish it on the drop spindle. I've started spinning the remainder of it on the spinning wheel. Um, and I believe that I am going to ply it with, I have another bag of a really nice, super shiny, um, I don't have a note of what it is, but it's a similar, it may be another cashmere and silk, but it's a darker. So the one that I'm spinning now is a very light, um, almost like an off-white, very light gray kind of color. And then I have a, a darker, like super sheen, silk, some sort of animal fiber blend um, in my fiber stash is kind of the last bag of fiber that I have in there. Um, and I think they would be pretty plied together. I'm on a huge like barber pole <laughs> kick of doing uh, two plies of different yarns. All these together. yarns have been very pretty. I haven't seen this one that you just started working on. So I'd it's on the spinning wheel. Okay. I'll have to look at it. Yep. Uh, so that is my spinning. Um, I have been doing a little bit of sewing as well. Um, I've done some mending. I've done some super quick sewing projects, like 10 minutes kind of quick, which I really like. It's nice. I feel like I haven't done a lot of sewing recently, um, mostly because my sewing space has been such a disaster. I have not been inspired to go in there. Um, so it's nice to do some quick projects and see that instant gratification. Um, I mended one of Dave's shirts, our almost two-year-old ripped the pocket right out of one of Dave's, um, like a button-up shirts. Uh, he so... stuck his foot in it and tried to climb me like a mountain. <laughs> a pocket of a cotton shirt is not enough to hold the weight of our socks. <laughs> um, so I, um, I pinned that back in place with a little bit of, I had this giant roll of, I'm going to call it Grow Grain Ribbon. It's a non-stretch like ribbony tape kind of thing um it's not officially grow grain um but I needed something to sew into um so I put that behind it it was a very like very thick stable um like non-raveling ribbon um and I put that behind it and then I just zigzag stitched like I matched up it was a striped shirt all of Dave's shirts are either striped or plaid um and um, lined up the the stripes so that they matched, and then just zigzagged. It was a blue, like a shades of blue striped shirt. Um, I had black thread in my sewing machine. I zigzagged it black over the top of it, and from not all that far away, it's almost invisible. Yeah, you can't really um, see it. I I wore it the other day as I had to uh, change very quickly after Rowan again did something to me by jumping on top of me while I was drinking coffee. So, uh, <laughs> and I didn't it worked just fine. And I didn't notice that he'd had it on until we were sitting right across from each other at a restaurant. And I said, "Oh, you were wearing the shirt I tried." So it's it is not a it wasn't an intentional invisible mend um, but it wasn't intentionally visible mending it was more like I want to do this and get it finished um, and I, I think it turned out well and I don't think Dave minds it either 
Well, that's good. Uh, and then I had another uh, super fast sewing project. I am a little bit particular. Um, I really like the kids' pajamas. To- like they have the matching like kid pajamas with the tops and the bottoms that match each other. Poppy's in the two-piece pajamas uh, because she's potty trained and Rowan is not yet because he takes his diaper off if he, he has the opportunity. Um, so he's still in the like trap the kid zippered pajamas. Um, but I wanted them to be able to... You won't to- be getting a profile of our son from this particular <laughs> um, podcast. If you ever see any of us and haven't seen us for a couple of years, there is a reason why we're both going great <laughs> yeah um anyway both of our children are lovely we love them both exactly the same <laughs> amount but they are two very different humans um the so the two-part pajamas i wanted them to be able to pick out their own pajamas i was ready to put them in a low drawer where they could access them themselves um and they could start to gain independence and personal choice uh, by by choosing the pajamas that they wanted to wear at night and i couldn't bring myself to do it because i couldn't stand the thought of poppy choosing mismatched tops and bottoms and it would take forever because she would pick two bottoms and then she would be mad that she couldn't wear both of them And so I sewed little elastic cuffs to put around so that I could put her matching pajamas together and put a cuff around both of them. And she could pick one like item and it would have both of them together. And I felt like a genius. And I used a pair of Dave's suspenders that... UK listeners, that's braces. um, That like the things that go over your shoulders to keep your pants up. Yeah, I haven't Um, gone Rocky Horror yet. That... um, had broken and so you have the like the large expanse of like this thick elastic material um but the clips had broken off of it so i cut that up and i sewed like 12 of these in five minutes flat and it's worked brilliantly they've been done for like a week and a half and it's the best it was the best one minute free solution to any household problem that i have ever come across i'm ridiculously proud of myself (laughs) for something that probably absolutely nobody else cares about but i do because i think i'm clever I also sewed a magnetic fish game for the kids to take on our long car trip because I have a vision of putting all of these. So I sewed fish out of wool fabric scraps left over from making their wool diaper covers. I just cut out a super basic fish shape and stitched around the outside. And then I hand sewed metal washers for eyes and then we still haven't gotten the magnetic fishing poles but we will before we leave so i'll throw all the fish into a basket between their two car seats and then they will each get a fishing pole and ideally they will they will fish beautifully together and it will be genius what will probably happen is they will hit each other with the fishing poles and not interact with the fish in any way um but my vision is is going to be it's going to be a great it's game. a 50 50 you flip a coin they're either gonna be wonderful with it or it's gonna be the worst thing that's ever happens <laughs> yeah. it will be easy to take away the fishing poles if the second thing is what happens um and then i've also been finishing up the crochet project that i will be talking about in my next segment and that was a lot of me talking so dave what have you been working on All kinds of things. Um, So I've been planning and um, beginning dyeing my next uh, line of yarn that will be coming out. Um, I'll be talking about that today in Colourful Puddles. Um, We've been doing uh, a bunch more um, advertising for the retreat. So I'm getting the last of my class materials ready for that and started to set up the uh, full schedule for the weekend. 
and do the final meal planning after we've got everyone's information in. There are still spaces on the retreat if you want to come along. And we have also uh, partnered up with Recraft. Uh, Bethany, the owner there, is going to be coming on and helping us for that weekend. So if you would like to get a $20 off coupon for the retreat uh, that works until August 27th, go and find her on social media. She's on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and she has a coupon code just for her. And that's Recraft, R-E craft um all one word and i think she's recraft indie on instagram so go and find that so we're going to have someone else interesting and fun coming along i'm getting the last of the super surprise swag and um interesting items to go in the goodie bags together as well so i've been following up on a few of those things um then also talking of uh recraft i have been doing a bizarre painting project <laughs> Um, so Bethany found at a, at a thrift store, I don't know how to call it. It's an alcohol Seven display. foot tall tentacle. <laughs> it's a seven foot tall foam tentacle. Um, it was to advertise crack and rum, um, in a liquor store. And she saw this and purchased it because it, what do you do? if you It see was a seven, a seven foot tall tentacle. <laughs> um, so that has been in the center of my studio. I finally managed to clear up all of the uh, crazy jobs I've been working on and get that in. And it has been given a crazy uh, makeover. So it was kind of chipped and scuffed, uh, black kind of on the back. And then the gray part, well, the front part with the suckers was kind of gray to white. So I did some magic on it. I got some spray paints and uh, spray painted it. Um, the first part, uh, the front part with all the suckers on kind of a, a kind of flesh tone and then airbrushed in some purple and some brown to give that some depth around there. And then the back, I spray painted, um, lime green to magenta, um, overlapping each other and then kind of feathered that in with some tints. And then I used a pearlescent medium and sprayed over the whole back of it. So it has a kind of pearlescent sheen to it. And then it's on a kind of faux wood base that I then painted blue um, and kind of weathered it up with some uh, brown and green, the real kind of bright turquoise kind of blue and a kind of faux uh, plate on the front. I added some, uh, um, some kids kind of stick on gems. I spray painted those copper and added those as extra studs around it and around the nameplates on there and uh, whether that made it look like it was verdigreed copper. So that was a really fun and fairly fast project. So I uh, hope that she likes it when we send it back to her. And every time I open, it's right inside the craft room door. So every time I open the craft room door, there's this seven foot tall, like pink and teal <laughs> tentacle looming right there. And when you do it in the in the evening time when it's dusk, it's a little... It does make you jump sometimes. Uh, just a little bit. <laughs> Um, so that was fun. I've started building some other things uh, in my painting studio for other projects that are not a huge rush. So I'm getting on with doing those and tidying a couple of other things up. I'm going to take a break on vacation to uh, work on something for myself. Um, in the kitchen, I've been uh, kind of sticking with our plan of trying to eat less meat. Um, what I did this week is we, we have a vegetable gut box comes um, every week and we've been trying to kind of pick up some other things to do. But with with the way that our kind of work goes and our schedule being kind of up and down and with the kids kind of around whoever's cooking a lot of the time, it's hard sometimes to make sure that um, we get to do exactly what we want to do. So I tried this week to be a bit more conscious on a day where I just had Rowan. Uh, Poppy was out 
um, doing some things with her grandparents. Um, and he enjoys cooking too. So we spent the day, or a few hours of the day, uh, preparing foods so they're mostly ready for meals for the rest of the week. I think that's worked pretty well. What do you think? Yeah, give us a lot more kind of options ready straight away, and make sure that we're using all the vegetables in our vegetable box for sensible things. Um, you had really nice grilled zucchini that I think you had marinated for dinner last night. Yeah, that was good. Grilled zucchini with was like lemon and olive oil and pepper and some salt. And then I um, cooked up some fake chicken burgers. Um, <laughs> made chicken and waffle burgers. And, yep, with uh, waffles as the outside. And I made so instead of buns, it was like Eggo waffles. Um, and then made some homemade fries, which I think I got my fry recipe down. For the fries were the fry, season fried fries were very good. Okay. And I am a huge fan of the the faux chicken patty. That's a keeper. Yeah, That's my favorite. Favorite fake meat so far. Um, I've made falafels this week. I've marinated some tofu that we're going to have with a noodle dish this evening with some fresh pasta that Erica was going to make. Um. That's that's a lot. (laughs) Oh, we bought... uh, We wanted a quick meal when we got back from the grocery store, so we bought a rotisserie chicken. And I'm trying whenever we get something like that to use it for everything. Um, So I made um, marinated chicken tacos and then a, a Southwest kind of style chicken and bean soup um, with the chicken carcass I just boiled that up with some stock and then strained all the bones and stuff out of it to make the most of the the meat that we have used so yeah I've been pretty pleased with this week yep the the uh, chicken soup was very good so Erica you have a fun announcement with our first crochet along it's true so we have done a couple of knit alongs over the year but we have never done a crochet along um and i am getting i have been working on our learn to crochet kit which will come out um here in the next couple of months and we'll have that out on the truck as well so i have been in a very crochet place and i wanted to do a quick crochet top project Uh, So we are doing a crochet along with one of Dave's hand-dyed yarns, the Lace Weight 100% Silk, the Nubbly Silk. So it has some texture to it rather than like the super uh, shiny silk. And um, I wanted to just do something that was very easy, very quick, very approachable, very easy to fit. Um, But I had never done a crochet garment before, so I wanted to do a garment. Uh, So I did a, it's basically a, a cover, like a tank top cover up. It's kind of what I am envisaging. That's how I will be wearing it. Um, To wear over a tank top or a spaghetti strap or like a summer dress, something like that. Um, And it just gives a little bit more coverage, especially thinking about going into fall. Um, I typically run a little bit hot, and so I like to wear uh, clothes that keep me a little bit cooler until it really does properly cool down for the year. Um, I don't like to break out the long sleeve shirts until I really, um, and it is cool enough to feel like I need those, so I want something to bridge the gap. Um, This is the perfect kind of late summer fall project just the right time to be doing it really you'll be able to wear it straight away um and so so it's a um it's a t-shaped piece so it's a it's a 
T top. Um, you are going to begin by chaining along like the the top edge, the the top of the capital T that will become the sleeves and like the neckline all the way across the top of the T. Um, you're just doing this piece with the double crochet. There's no other stitches in here, um, but you are using a much larger crochet hook. So it's a lace weight, kind of a heavy lace weight yarn, and you're using a 5.5 millimeter crochet hook, which is more like what you would normally use for a worsted weight yarn. So when you're doing just that straight double crochet, it looks very open. Um, it almost, it looks like you've created a mesh or you've done some sort of other stitch pattern in there because it, it has a very lacy look to it. Um, this makes it uh, really nice and breathable with the natural fiber, with the silk, um, so that it's not gonna be too hot, even if you wanted to wear it in the middle of summer, um, but uh, gives it just that little bit more interest um, and makes the project go a lot faster and be a lot more, um, sort of size forgiving. I know a lot of people when they're getting started with a garment um, are very intimidated of, is this going to fit me? Am I going to do all this work and have it not fit? Um, so when you're doing something that's this open and stretchy, um, your piece is going to be very accommodating to whatever shape body goes underneath it. Um, in terms of it will stretch long if you're not as wide, it will stretch wide if you're not as long. Um, no matter what topography you've got going on under there, um, your um, this very open mesh is going to be very accommodating for that. So I am really, uh, I really liked how it came out. I wore it around this morning. Um, I'm going to get some pictures on it on a couple of different body types um, because I know that it's very hard if you're looking at uh, a garment on one body that may not look very similar to your body. Um, it can be really hard to see. Now, what would that look like on somebody who's a really different size? Um, so I am going to be getting a picture of it on myself. I typically wear a, kind of like an extra large size, although I am busty and broad shouldered. Um, so maybe more like a 2X and something like this. Um, and then I will be getting it on, um, a, on my mother, who is going to be more of like a small to medium size, um, typical um, size, and she's going to be a lot narrower through the shoulders and the bust. Um, so that'll give you at least two different body, uh, body types to get it on, and I may sort of accost some friends who are different shapes as well, um, so that, and see if I can get a couple more, um, couple more pictures so that you can get a good sense when I say one size fits most of what that means. How far are you going to go with this range of body types? Are you going to get a starfish and a horse and <laughs> a cat? <laughs> Maybe. Yep. That'll be, uh, that'll be on there. Um, so that is the basic, uh, shape. You, you do a chain, you do all double crochets. You're working until you've created the width for the, um, armhole size that you want. And then you're just kind of making the notch out for the bottom of the, um, uh, of the T shape. Uh, you're just getting rid of eight stitches on each or seven stitches on each side. Um, so the sleeves are not very long at all. It's almost like a cap sleeve. Um, and then you're just doing double crochets basically until you've used half your yarn and then you're making the other, um, the, the front or back piece, they're identical to each other. So you're making two T-shaped pieces and then you're sewing the seams. Um, and I am doing video tutorials for all of these. The pattern will be live on Ravelry where you can 
go ahead and um, and download the copy or sort of sign up to say that you are um, are going to get the copy. It will be up today when you hear this podcast. Um, but as it is a knit along, the full pattern will not be put up on the pattern page until it gets a little bit closer to when the knit along is going to start. So we wanted to give you two weeks to gather your materials. The knit along will be starting. Crochet along. The crochet along. The crochet along uh, will be starting on Monday, the 26th of August. Um, and so that gives you two weeks to either if you decide you love the yarn that we have used, uh, either find it on the truck, we've got two stops before then, um, or order it from our online store and have it have plenty of time to uh, to be mailed to you. Um, or if you want to use a different yarn to go ahead and gather that yarn um, or find it in your stash. And we will be doing some stops pretty much as soon as we get back from vacation. We actually arrive back in the state on the 26th. Um, we'll be doing several stops that week as well. So even if you um, don't manage to get your materials by then, you can come and see us at the truck. We'll be in some places for a decent amount of time that week. Um, so you'll be able to come and see us and get caught up. Yep. And we're a very casual, uh, <laughs> a very casual place. So don't feel like you're not allowed to jump in if you want to start a week late. If you want to start a year late, um, it, it we're just going to be encouraging each other as we're as we're making these. And I may even make a second one because I really liked making the first one. It was fun. So talking about encouraging, how can people uh, take part right now? And what are we going to give them for starting early? So um, you can get your free copy of this pattern. And again, if you go on, I'll put the link in, the, the pattern page will be up um, and you'll download and it will just have like a picture of the pattern in your materials list right now. And then if you've ever participated in an along um, on Ravelry before, when I put the final uh, copy of the pattern up, uh, I will send a Ravelry message that just said, hey, the pattern that you got is, it has an updated version now um, and you will be able to download the, the completed version, which will also still be free because you've already got your um, your copy of that uh, when the when the firm version comes out um, when the the crochet along actually starts um, but the coupon code to get your free copy um, of that is going to be good for fall no capitals but spaces good for fall you took my job Oh, I did. <laughs> and the pattern is going to be called Autumn Shorty. And that's Shorty, T-I-E. Um, and that will be one of our Nomad original patterns. And we have over 100 to choose from. So have a look at the other stuff we've got going while you're there. And how are we encouraging them to pick up our yarn to have a go with it? So if you go ahead and mention that you heard about this uh, from us, uh, that you're going to be doing the knit along or just mention the coupon code to us when you're physically on the truck um, through the end of August, uh, you will get your uh, crochet hook for free that, uh, that you need to go ahead and complete this. So your 5.5 millimeter bamboo crochet hook. Um, we will throw that in with the ball of yarn um, if you buy the uh, one skein of Orchard Lace to do this. Um, and the same deal on the website. If you order it through our online store and you put in the notes, either crochet along or the coupon code, good for fall, uh, we will put a crochet hook in with your shipment as well. 
well through the last day of August. And these are really nice carbonized bamboo crochet hooks. This is what Erica used to make her piece. And it's from the same company that we sourced our needles from for our other kits that everyone's been loving. So yeah, I'm nice really hooks. enjoying working with the, with the crochet hook. It's pretty. Um, that's really the only thing that I care about. <laughs> um, I find the functionality of crochet hooks fairly similar across the board, but I like that it's pretty. Um, and I hope that you guys enjoy and want to play along with us while we're doing this crochet along. And my, um, I am going to probably aim for the crochet along. We are, we did video tutorials to go along with the pattern, just like we're doing with all of our patterns. Um, all of those video tutorials will be available from the first day of the crochet along. So you'll get the pattern. It will have the links. You can watch all the videos. If you're super keen and want to make it in two days, go for it. You'll have everything you need to do that. But I will be sharing through our social media the videos kind of one at a time um, on the on the anticipated schedule that I think would be achievable for people. Um, so we are going to run this crochet along for three weeks. I'm going to say week one is going to be get your first piece done. Week two is get your second piece done. And week three is put them all together. Um, and that way you'll be finished before the middle of September with it um, in time to wear it, uh, wear it for a good month or two before you're ready for some warmer gear as you get into the proper winter so obviously depending on where you live go out and grab your patterns and your materials and i've just been informed that i need to finish editing all the videos in the next couple of days so that's what i'll be doing <laughs> you knew that already <laughs> anyways um why don't we head on in to splash in some colorful puddles what a good idea um, so I have a new line of yarn that we'll be uh, releasing um, and the first people able to get that this will be at our full retreat. So if you're coming along um, or you're thinking about coming along, this is another reason to come and see us. Um, the uh, yarn I will be releasing at the full retreat is our first mini skein packs. Um, and they're micro skeins. They're mini they're mini. itty bitty skeins. Um, so... Um, we've been thinking about doing mini scans for a while. I know they're something that's, that people love. We wanted to do something a little bit different than a lot of the mini scans that you see. So the first thing to do really was decide on what kind of base that I wanted to go with. Um, now, when I order most of my yarns from the mill, a lot of them come on cones um, in, a, in a cone quantity, and I can get them wound down into the yardage that I want um, and kind of send to me a cut how I want there. The, the issue with that is uh, every time we decide to have, have the yarn wound to a smaller amount and cut, uh, there is a winding fee involved. We wanted to make sure that the base that I was getting wasn't going to be too expensive to, make, to keep the price of the color packs down. As often, mini skeins can be expensive and we wanted to make sure that these are a bit more accessible to everybody. Um, so that kind of left me with picking a company and a supplier that already produced mini skeins. So I managed to find one of our companies that we work with that already does a range of mini skeins um, pre-packaged ready to go. And they actually had a few options. So then that left me with kind of where do we want to go with this? Um, whether we want to go with like a worsted weight, uh, a DK weight or um, a fingering weight. Um, and we decided we really wanted to give everyone kind of the most versatility to use these. So we decided to go with a fingering weight option. Um, I personally think that the mini skeins work better in a, in a thinner yarn. 
Um, they, they usually come in kind of a set uh, amount of grams. Um, and we wanted to make sure that you were getting enough yardage of each color to really make use of that. The, there's a lot of patterns that use mini skeins for shawls and items like that. And there's a lot of really cool sweater patterns that use uh, mini skeins to kind of integrate some color work in there. So we wanted to give people the most options that we could. So we decided to go with a fingering weight. We just went with a simple uh, superwash merino and nylon blend, which means that you are going to be able to use them for socks too. And then we decided to do one more thing that was kind of a little bit more unusual. So a lot of the time you'll find um, one ounce uh, mini skeins or like 25 gram mini skeins. Um, and they're often in kind of five to sixes. We decided to actually go with a micro skein. So these are 10 grams. Um, they're only 46 yards each. Um, what that is going to let you do is it will do something a little bit different when we package these up. So what we decided to do um, was make a continuous collection. So instead of doing a set of gradients that kind of went in a um, in packs and then you could kind of combine them together but they weren't really designed to do that. We wanted to think through the entire collection of 20 colors to make sure that they all went together. So we did a little bit of slightly unusual designing for me um, and also went with uh, Erica's idea which was... I don't weigh in on Dave's dyeing very often at all. I am not so much a... I like... I know when I see a color and I like it but I don't really... <laughs> I can't project forward. I'm not a very good visualizer so I kind of let Dave do his thing. He does color very well um, and I just tell him which ones I want to work with at the end. <laughs> Uh, but I had a I had a vision for this one. I wanted basically a color wheel where there were 20 stops all the way around the wheel and you could start anywhere in the wheel and use any number that you wanted and they would all coordinate with each other. So 20 steps, the first the first color way um, was one step away from the second color way and then the last color way was one step away from the first one. So they went all the way around. So to achieve this, I picked basically 20 of my favorite dye colors around the color wheel. Um, and then each skein is a mix of two of those colors. So we would use one uh, color A as the main color for one skein and color B for the contrast color on that first skein. And then the next color would be color B as the main color on that skein and color C as the contrast color C is the main color, color D is the contrast, all the way around until we've done 20 colors um, and go all the way to the to the end. So the 20th color will be, what's the 20th letter of the alphabet? Uh, letter 20. <laughs> letter 20 <laughs> as the main color and then color A as the contrast. Um, and that's given us some really unusual combinations. We actually played around with the color wheel a little bit to make them fit a little bit more of my dye style and some of the color combinations that I really liked from our other uh, lines, I wanted to make sure we squeezed in. So I did focus on adding into that color wheel um, a really strong range of pinks and fuchsias. 
and then a strong range of um, greys that kind of faded into those pinks and fuchsias and then to bright purples on the other side. So almost kind of put in an extra insert. I also downplayed the yellow. Um, we did do have some kind of golden yellow tones, but they're more kind of soft gold oranges. Um, and then yellows that kind of fade into the chartreuse. So there's not a, really a true yellow. I find that yellows in a range are often not the most popular color. Um, and they can kind of look a little bit jarring um, when you're kind of trying to fade into um, kind of a set. So the way that we're planning to have these available is split that colorway into quarters. Oh, a split that color wheel we designed into quarters and then have them available as kind of a five pack or you can get two of them that will go together as a 10 or you can get 15 or you can get 20 so you can go as you want each of those fives is only going to be 50 grams of yarn it'd be about 230 yards of a fingering weight so they're going to be really easy and affordable to pick up so you won't be looking at um, really high price um, mini skein packs. They're going to make them accessible to do small colorway projects as well as to do larger pieces. And they will pair well. They play nicely with sock yarns. So if you wanted to pick up just a little five pack, you're not going to have tons of yards, but a lot of people have sock yarns in their stash. So you could pick up one to play with and pair it with a sock yarn that you already own to make a much larger project. Um, it's going to let you use more from your stash, which is something that's important to me uh, personally to be able to do that. Um, and let people play with more of our yarns um, a little bit more accessibly. So I have my first 20 colors um, ready to go and I want to talk a little bit more about actually dyeing them um, in a second part to this, um, especially when those are dried and I've made sure that those are all the colorways I like um, before I play with the wheel. Um, but I want to talk a little bit more about kind of how we pick those colors and blending them. So I picked my 20 colors um, that I wanted to include um, and actually went with a digital design this time, also to help it make it more accessible to Erica. She finds um, those color blends more difficult that she's not as used to dealing with the dyes as I am. And I just can't visualize anything ever. It's not, it's not color specific, it's anything. So what I did was get out my trusty laptop with PowerPoint um, and basically made a table of all of my colors with um, circles, which were the closest, uh, closest approximation I could get on the screen to that single color. And then this can be a really good way of kind of seeing roughly how colors are going to blend. Um, so then I produced my color wheel with my 20 colors going all the way around. Um, and then basically placed each of those color dots um, so they were overlapping the next dot kind of on a second row, and then made the upper color of that 50% um, transparent. So that rec represents the contrast color going over the main color. It's maybe a little bit difficult to visualize, but what that allowed me to do is kind of see how those colors are almost gonna play out against each other as they blend together. So you will get some almost pure of the one color in the skein, um, some are always pure of the second color, and then you'll get a lot of blending of those mix in. And I was pretty pleased with how the, the skeins came out um, versus that original wheel. Do you think that was a useful 
It definitely was. Um, I It made sure that Dave and I were on the same page, which is something that doesn't always happen. Um, and yeah, I the lighting in the basement where the dyeing happens, it, there's like the corner where the urns dry, the, the lighting is not great. The lighting where Dave is doing the dyeing is great, but that's not where the urn dries. So it's yeah, always I hard. Some, I put some extra fluorescent lights around the desk that I, I dye at and like my... my workbenches but the there's kind of a dark corner where the yarn dries and so every time he's excited i go down to see what he's done it's hanging in the dark and it's <laughs> like I, I i'm sure it's lovely um but it's sopping wet and dark i can't <laughs> I, I so i am reserving judgment the he positioned them well the ones that i could see in the best light were like the blues and greens which are my <laughs> always my favorite all. color um, so I love the ones that I can see in really good light. Um, and they are like a, a hand painty, variegated -y, um, like tonally similar, um, but very heavily kettle dyed, which is something that is not all that usual in, um, in mini skeins, which I, I really like that rather than more solids. Uh, I have left some, some of the colors have got quite a lot of variation with them with the two colors I tried to put together. And they do have, um, they come out with a, a kind of a bit of white space in, which I really like the look of in these mini skeins. When I pulled the first ones out, I deliberately kind of thought, I kind of like this. I'm not going to make a difference to my, um, to my method right now because I like the way that they look. We'll see how they look when they dry. I do have a couple of uh, kind of tricks to correct that if we decide that we don't actually like the white space. I can go back in and kind of paint the, the one of the colors on and then do a quick microwave set to, to change that so we'll see how they come out when they dry yeah but we'll let them dry and then skein them back up because he died he tied 25 of the mini skeins all together in one big batch you give them away the them. From part two. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um and so they're all hanging together and they're wet and they're not in great light so once they're separated and wound back into their mini skeins and like put in a line we'll be able to see if we want to make any changes i say we dave if dave wants to make any changes so yeah that's kind of it for my the first part of the mini skein adventure um and yeah stay tuned for some of those and some pictures as we get ready to release them at the retreat yep and for retreat goers um, part of the retreat package includes a 10 percent discount on anything that you would purchase from the truck during the retreat including so new releases Yep. So if this sounds cool, sign up for the retreat and you'll, you will not only get to see it first, but you will also um, get a discount. And uh, you may get to see me modeling the sweater that I have planned for this, which I may be casting on when we're on vacation this week. It's going to be a sweet, speedy sweater in, uh, in fingering weight. I'm not sure if you were joking or not. It, it will take me a while. This is the first sweater that I've knit for myself. I meant you'd have to knit it fast. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, the first sweater that I've knit for myself since before I got pregnant with our first kid. So it's been more than five years now um, since I've done a sweater for myself, uh, except for the little, the, the crocheted um, autumn shorty that I, that I just finished. But that's, that, that doesn't really count as a sweater. It's very open and was very, very fast. So last segment, where's Nomads? We're not a lot of places because we are going to be on vacation next week. Our second vacation in like two months. Um, How dare we? <laughs> this uh, being on the truck has actually been really lovely um, because it has allowed us some more flexibility um, and to actually go um, go around and, and do more things as a family, which has been great. 
and it's come at a fairly good time as we've been having some um, some fuel issue, fuel line issues with the truck. So when we're away on vacation, um, we will be sending that back to the mechanics to get that finally fixed. For um, like the 300th time, I'm a little over engine trouble with the truck. So it did mean that unfortunately we had we chose to cancel the Bloomington stop that we were planning on doing this upcoming Friday. You're stealing all of my thunder this episode. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you'll get over it. Um, I we probably could have gotten there. 